Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Now, Leon Taylor is also well-known, we all know, for their tailor-made clothes, but you also know they're ready for their custom-made and ready-made clothing as well. That's right, clothes that are right there on the rack that you can buy and pick up, and they'll make the alterations included in the price. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. And of course, then you know, if they want something tailor-made specifically just for you, then they can do it. So whether it's tailor-made, whether it's ready-made, or whether it's custom-made, it is for you and you specifically. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. They'll be happy to see you and happy to take care of you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware. Delaware and downtown Indianapolis. Well, as early voting gets underway this week here in the state of Indiana, it's only fitting that we talk to the candidates for Secretary of State. So now the Secretary of State is the chief election officer in the state of Indiana. And joining us on the news line is one of those candidates, Dave Shelton. Dave is uh, the Knox County clerk and also a candidate in the Republican uh, convention uh, for Secretary of State. So, David, my friend, thank you very much for being with us. We do appreciate chatting with you. Well, thank you very much for having me here. So why would you want to leave the wonderful, luscious world of Knox County and Vincennes to come up here in this in the swampy land of politics in Indianapolis? Well, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You know, call me old-fashioned. I believe the top election official in the state should have actual hands-on election experience. That's what I'm doing today. Today's the first day of early voting here in Knox County, as it is everywhere else across the state. And, uh, you know, elections, are, are, are they're sacred. You know, I have a passion for them. It's a founding of our representative form of government. You know, if you can't have faith in our election process, how can you have faith in the elected officials themselves? Uh, so what would be your priorities as Secretary of State? Priorities would be to give the clerks, who are the first and last line of defense for our elections, the tools they need. Uh, when you become clerk, you have no... Um, I'm sorry, I'm having another phone call come through here. When you first get elected as a clerk, you have no formal training from the state. You're expected to rely upon somebody in your office or reach out to another county clerk. And and if you're new to the office, it's, a, it's completely it's a foreign language to you. It, it, you don't have any reference. So what I'd want to do is uh, institute a, an intensive election boot camp for new clerks. We'll bring them together up in Indianapolis and give them the hands-on training that they need to properly run elections. Because elections, you only learn it by doing it. You can't watch a PowerPoint presentation. You can't read a step-by-step -step instruction and, and truly get it. Uh, how many uh, clerks are brand new to the job, would you would you guess to me? Because I would assume that usually if somebody's going to run for clerk, uh, they've probably been worked in the office maybe like as deputy clerk or have some experience with some type of election somewhere. I don't have an exact number, but I'm going to say there's, there's at least a half dozen of them that were elected in the 2020 election cycle that have no election experience. We had one clerk, South Central Indiana. She... Yeah, so freaked out about the election process because she had nobody in her office, even though the other clerks reached out to her. She worried herself into having health issues, and she actually resigned in February before she even ran her first election. So, again, we've got to give the clerks the tools they need to run elections, and that, that means we got to train them hands-on. And how would that training work? Uh, just basically like, hey, here's this form, here's this form, here's what you do in this situation, here's how uh, voter ID should work. Can you give us an idea of how that training would actually work? It would be part of that. Most of our processes go through the statewide voter registration system. Uh, we'd have to have a bank of computers set up for this training to give them actual hands-on training. You learn by repetition, learn by doing. So we'd have a set of, you know, like I said, several computers set up. I'd reach out to the clerk family and ask them to come up and help instruct them, you know. Uh, we're going to try to keep the cost down to the minimum. I mean, the state's buying computers every day for different departments, different entities. Why not hijack? 
10 computers for a week before they go to their final destination. So I'm not, you know, suggesting we buy brand new computers. You know, let's utilize the resources we have, keep the cost down to the taxpayer. We're talking to Dave Shelton. Dave is a Knox County clerk and also a candidate for Secretary of State uh, running in the Republican convention later this June. Uh, Dave, uh, in addition to creating a boot camp for new county clerks, uh, what else would you like to see done uh, with Secretary of State's office? Well, we experience as a county clerk irregularities with motor voter registration from the BMV. Whenever we get their registrations through the hop or through the SCRS, we have to take that at face value. We have no way of verifying that information. A problem that's come to light here recently in our email exchanges between all the county clerks is the BMV is issuing IDs to non-citizens, which, you know, is legal, it's fine, but they're also registering the vote. And again, we have no way of verifying that. The only reason this has come to light is some of these individuals, a few, very few, are going through the process of becoming citizens themselves. And during their background checks, during their application process, it's coming to light that they were improperly registered to vote. They're having to go back to their county of residency, to their clerks, and say, I need to cancel my registration because I want to become a citizen. That's scary. How many people are doing that as opposed to how many people are getting registered and voting and they're not even citizens? The other issue with the BMV motor voter registration that needs to be addressed is uh, – address verification for driver's license renewals. Um, there's a lot of people in society who are kind of fly by night. They change residency, you know, change apartments every six months. When you get a uh, driver's license, when you renew your driver's license, you have to, uh, when you renew your driver's license, they simply ask you, do you still live at such and such place? They say, yep, here's your driver's license. When we get these registrations in my office, especially the last month prior to elections when the voting registration period actually ends, I see as high as 10% here in Knox County being returned to my office as undeliverable because their address forwarding has already expired. If it gets returned to my office in the first week to 10 days, that's fine. We can cancel mass. It's a wasted effort on my part. But what about the ones that bounce around in the mail system or get delivered to a family member's or ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend's house? I know we're getting people registered to vote. They're eligible to vote, and they don't even live where they're registered to, to vote at anymore. So we need address verification for driver's license renewals. Shelton, Dave Shelton, the candidate for uh, Secretary of State, a Knox County clerk with us on the program for a few more minutes. Uh, Dave, you also, uh, when we spoke earlier, talked about uh, sort of standardizing poll worker training uh, across the state of Indiana. Uh, what's going on with that? Well, that, that's always a problem. We, have, we always have trouble finding poll workers. That's hard enough. And then to train them. You know, you're lucky to keep somebody's attention for 30 minutes trying to go through this. Again, like I've talked about with the, the boot camp for the for the clerks themselves, it's a foreign language to, to the poll workers as well. I feel like this needs to be more standardized. We need help from the state level. And I'd love to take credit for that idea. I initially thought it was my idea, but, it, but it's not. Uh, the problem, so standardized poll worker training from the state level is what needs to be happening. Um, I've come to find out there's actually a code on the book since 2012. IC code 3-11-14-14 authorizes the Secretary of State to establish training material for poll workers. You can actually become a certified Election Day worker through the SOS office, but it's been on the books for 10 years. It's never been implemented. And that's something that I would you know, implement to help the clerks to give them the tools to run their elections. Uh, Dave, uh, in addition to taking care of elections, obviously the Secretary of State also uh, does business licenses and also does some um, work in corporations. Uh, any thoughts on what you do in those sort of non-election functions with the state of Indiana and the Secretary of State's office? 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, another area is, is securities. And it's not, you know, we, we investigate securities frauds is what that office does. My professional background, I've been a private investigator for over 20 years. I'm licensed in three states right now. Investigations, fraud investigations, that's, that's in my wheelhouse. So I'd be able to help with that, help guide investigations, looking in the, into things. You know, I have the ability, the experience, a certain set of skills to sift through multiple layers of, of misinformation, bad information, and get to the facts of the matter. And that's the only way you can make it the best, most informed decision on any issue. Um, we also have oversight over automobile dealerships, and I've already identified a couple issues that need to be looked at with them. We have a dealership here in Vincennes that moved from across the river in Illinois. We're a border town here. They've been in Vincennes, an Indiana corporation, for six years. They've been audited 11 times. Now, we're supposed to be pro-business, open for business. That seems a bit excessive. During those 11 audits, the only findings this dealership has had was during the pandemic, when BMVs were closed, people couldn't transfer their titles or registrations. This dealership reissued two paper plates to two customers. They were cited $350 fine for each one of those instances. Now, is $700 really worth 11 audits? I think we need to look at that, lessen the burden on the dealerships. I mean, it's all about consumer protection, of course, but that seems a bit excessive. The other area with auto dealerships that would be beneficial to, to the public in general is when you buy a new vehicle, you purchase a service contract, which is an insurance policy. Did you know, and I didn't know this, if you're fortunate enough to trade in a vehicle before that policy is over, you know, I, I know a few people. I'm not one of them. I drive a vehicle so the wheels fall off. But if you buy a vehicle, trade it in two years later at another dealership, did you know you're entitled to a partial refund on that service contract? I didn't know that. Dealers don't have no way of knowing who bought what from what dealership. So what I don't want to do is implement a database. So whenever a dealership sold a car with a service contract, they enter that information into the database. So when that person goes to another dealership two or three years later, they can say, hey, you're eligible for a partial refund and or we can apply that partial refund to a new service contract. And then the original question asking about the business side of thing, fresh set of eyes never hurts anything. Um, right now, my uninformed opinion is that that's all bureaucratic boilerplate that should run itself. But again, I want to take a look at everything, see how we can streamline things, make things more user-friendly to the public, and, and, and save money at the same time. Uh, Dave, a couple of questions before I let you go here. Uh, obviously, we have Holly Sullivan, who's the incumbent. I have Diego Morales, who's a challenger. What do you bring to the table that Holly and Diego don't? Well, election experience, that's the key to it, you know. Um, the clerks are, are a family. You know, I have 91 brothers and sisters. I don't want to leave that family. We rely on each other heavily, but they need help. We need to help provide the clerks the tools they need. They need to have a heads up on when changes are coming to the laws. We are experiencing changes in the last week or two where we're having to strike language from our forms and envelopes or outright replacing them. And we had no heads up that this was happening. Um, we just need better communication with the clerks, better guidance, better leadership. And I suppose one of my final questions for you, my friend, is uh, there have been lots of allegations, uh, most of them unsubstantiated, about voter fraud uh, in the 2020 uh, election. The, the Trump people have alleged voter fraud. Uh, some folks here in Indiana have alleged voting irregularities. What is your thought? Do you think the 2020 election, uh, what, what are your thoughts on 2020? Let me just put it that way. Uh, I can speak on my personal experience here in Indiana. I feel like we have a very secure system. Is it perfect? Absolutely not, because our system involves humans. And whenever you have humans involved, errors are going to occur. I had one voter fraud case in Knox County in 2020. I had one gentleman attempt to vote three times. We caught one of them. 
Human error at the polls on Election Day allowed him to vote the second time. Jury trial set for this June on him. All right. So, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. The, the, that process has been eliminated. He cannot. Nobody can do it that way because 2020, we're still in the old-fashioned paper poll books. We print out the poll books. We mark absentee received, meaning they voted early. I even go to the trouble of highlighting that to make it easier for the clerks, the poll workers to see it on Election Day. She just didn't notice it and allow that person to vote twice. But now with the e-poll books, that potential avenue of fraud has been eliminated. All right. Well, our guest in the program has been David Shelton. Uh, David is the county, the, the clerk of Knox County, also a candidate uh, for Secretary of State. Oh, David, uh, I do one more question before I let you go here. I, I knew, I'm sorry I lied to you about that, my friend. Uh, That's all right. Uh, obviously, some folks say because you get in the race, uh, you know, in April, the convention's in June, that you got in the race a little bit late and it may be too late to, to, to reach out to all the delegates and, you know, get the votes that you need. Uh, did you enter the race too late? No, no, not at all. I think. I think the time is working out pretty well uh, just because I have a message. I have a plan. To me, election integrity is not a hollow catchphrase. I live it. I breathe it. I have a passion for it. And that's what's needed in this office. All right. Well, our guest on the program today has been Dave Shelton. Dave is a clerk of Knox County, also a candidate uh, for a secretary of state right in the Republican primary, Republican convention uh, this coming June. So, David, my friend, thank you very much for being with us. We'll see you at the convention, if not sooner, sir. Thank you. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.